speaking, it was done. Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. According to St. Luke, the 19th chapter, when Jesus drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace? But now they are hidden from your eyes, for the days will come upon you, when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you, because you did not know the time of your visitation. And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And he was teaching daily in the temple. The chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him, but they did not find anything they could do, for all the people were hanging on his words. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Over the last 10 to 15 years, we have seen the rise of what is called safe spaces on college campuses. Now, in case you're unfamiliar with this term, safe space, let me briefly explain what it is. A safe space is a design room on a college campus that intends to be a place free of bias and conflict and criticism. And so the idea is that a student can retreat to these places, these rooms, to get a reprieve, to get rest from potentially threatening actions and ideas and conversations on the campus. Now, for those older generations that may be a little bit critical of this modern safe space, we all have to pause and admit that we all do this ourselves. Every single one of us in this room, we do the same thing. We indeed, we carve out, we carve out our own little safe spaces in life to find safety, to find reprieve. For some people, the garage and the shop, yes, they're a safe space. For others, cooking in the kitchen or perhaps even knitting in a bedroom are a safe space as well. Regardless of who you are, all of us, though, we have various safe spaces, places where we can go to find reprieve and peace and rest. But unfortunately, here's the catch-22. Unfortunately, more often than not, our safe spaces, they become what is known as an echo chamber. Yes, what is known as an echo chamber. Perhaps you have not heard this term either. So let me define what an echo chamber is. It's a term that is used for a person that surrounds himself with only, get this, agreeable people. Like a room that echoes back the words spoken, a figurative echo chambers when you surround yourself with only people who tell you what you want to hear. To be clear, we should be very critical of these echo chambers. Think about it for a moment. What good is it for you and me to run to little safe spaces to always be affirmed that we are right with little pats on our heads and never confronted with anything that we do wrong? It's not healthy indeed. 
Yet, we Christians do this all the time. We do. For example, I know of a church, true story, I know of a church that essentially fired a pastor because that pastor made them feel uncomfortable in the pew. The pastor, he dared to tell the people in the pew what they needed to hear and not what they wanted to hear. Not what they wanted to hear. And the people, well, as can be expected, they grumbled and they plotted then they fired him, plain and simple. Several months later, they again hired a new pastor, and that new pastor is one that was to proclaim to them what they wanted to hear. And so their church was nothing more than an echo chamber that reinforced their heart's desires and wishful thinking. Friends, what a pathetic excuse for a church. Those sheep acting like goats they need repentance. Now, all this reminds me of a very, very good old quote from an old theologian. He once said this. He said, a community, get this, a community untested by any benchmark other than the need to gather together and huddle in a group can be demonic. Listen one more time. A community untested by any benchmark other than our need to huddle together in a little group can be demonic. Now, it's a powerful quote. It's jarring, but it's spot on. You see, groups without a benchmark can be demonic because left to ourselves and our little groups, well, we only like to speak and hear things that align with the desires of our own hearts, things that please our desires of our hearts, things that please the way that we think. And as we know, following the desires of our heart is not godly. Following this heart is indeed not godly, as much as the world likes to tell us to follow our hearts. You see, following our hearts can be demonic because the prophet Jeremiah is spot on. Jeremiah, he once said, the heart is deceitful. Yes, your heart, my heart, is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And so, as a part of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, right here, St. Paul's Lutheran Church, you and I should not be surprised We should indeed not be surprised when we hear from the Bible, from Holy Writ, from the Scriptures themselves, and are offended. It should not surprise us to be offended. In fact, as we know, Jesus is not, we've heard this before, he's not a warm, cuddly teddy bear. Jesus is not a gushy, lovey, effeminate man-child who is in the business of upholding a church as an echo chamber safe space. He's not in the business of tickling ears. Christ is not about peddling feel-good thoughts. It's not who he is. Consider our gospel reading. Again, the temple, it was corrupted. We heard that this morning. The temple was corrupted. And so Jesus, he entered the temple, and he began to drive out those who were selling things. And as we heard in our gospel reading from Luke this morning, Jesus, he did not apologize for upsetting their comfortable monopoly games they were playing. Jesus did not come to the temple and politely ask them to move along, to leave gently. He was not passive-aggressive, coming in and huffing and puffing, rolling his eyes with disapproval, with deep sighs and rolling of his eyes. They're doing it again. He did not send a memo to the leadership of the temple. He did not go and pass a bylaw. He did not go and pass a policy. No, he actually tossed them out. He tossed them out. And I might add, he did it violently. He did it with violence. It's very important to understand. He banished 
and drove the corruption out with force. He was not tender. He was intense. We see an angry Jesus here in our text this morning, from our scripture reading this morning. From the outside, though, it appears that Jesus was perhaps, though, crashing their party. However, we need to pay attention. It wasn't their party to begin with. That temple that they were in did not belong to them. It was not their temple to begin with. The temple, in other words, was not off limits to Jesus. It wasn't a perhaps safe space that Jesus had to respect and monitor and watch about overstepping. So they had no right, the people in that temple, they had no right, no right to make the temple into a den of robbers. And the same goes for Christ's church. In fact, the same goes for you and for me as well as individual Christians. Think of it this way. You and I, we were bought by a price. We were bought at a price. It cost Jesus his life to get you out of the clutches of sin, death, and the devil. He purchased you at a price to claim you as one of his own. And so because of this, you belong not to sin, death, and the devil. You do not belong to yourselves, but you belong to Christ, the crucified. You belong to Jesus. And so because you belong to Jesus, he has every right to not only enter into this church, but also into your very lives to confront you and me about the ways that we're ensnared in sin itself, the ways that corruption have perverted our worlds. Being a Christian in the Christian church, though, we must keep in mind, is not about having a safe space with a built-in echo chamber to make us feel warm and fuzzy, to always feel right. That's not about what we do here. It's not what the church is for, to leave with feeling right and warm and fuzzy. Lord, have mercy. This is how the devil works, not Christ. Indeed, it's how the devil works and not Christ. And so baptized saints, hear this. Christ Jesus has zero respect for the safe spaces that become our own echo chambers, echo chambers to our own sinful desires, our old Adam. He is not a warm, cuddly teddy bear or a gushy, lovey, effeminate man-child who is only concerned about our comfort and our tender ears in his church. Instead, he's the Christ who drove out the temple's corruption. He's the Christ who confronted that refuge of wickedness. He's the Christ who invades the church and our little safe spaces to call out our sin and drive us to repentance. Indeed, drive us to repentance. And so the point being is this, churches that try to protect sensitive ears from Christ and his word while well, they need to repent, plain and simple. Furthermore, pastors who dance around difficult portions of the scriptures, of God's word, of the Bible, they need to repent as well, for they are safeguarding a den of robbers. And finally, parishioners, parishioners who blush at the word of God or make apologies for the word of God to their friends and family, well, they need to repent they are making the church into a resort of evil. Dear friends, never forget that when Jesus taught in that first century Israel, that his message offended many times. And so why would it be any different for us today, right here in 2022? In fact, I think it's safe to say that we should be more troubled as a church and as Christians when our handling of the Bible never offends us at all. If we read the Bible and are never offended, I shudder to ask, what kind of Bible are we reading? And what kind of Christianity are we following? 
Now, contrary to what you might think, what you and I might think, Christ, he had a purpose. Indeed, this is the whole crux of everything we've covered thus far. He had a purpose to drive that corruption out, out of the temple. And that is this. The corruption did not belong in the temple in the first place, to begin with. But instead, the word of God is that which belonged in the temple itself. Christ's word belonged in the temple. And the same is true for the church, and the same is true for you, you who belong to Jesus. And so, get this, the Lord will always drive that which opposes him from you and from me so that we may have him and him alone. It's really a gift. Remember, baptized saints, you will sin every day just like me. Every day we will sin. You will sin just like me. However, the fact of the matter is that you are a blood-bought Christian, baptized into Christ, and so you do not belong to your sin, but you belong to Christ. You and your sins have been buried with Christ in baptism, and you've been resurrected in Jesus to newness of life. And so your good Jesus, ah, oh, he's good. Your good Jesus, he will always come against sin so that you and I may continually be freed from sin's condemnation, the lies of the devil, the schemes of mankind, and placed right back where we belong with Christ and his word for us. To paraphrase an Old Testament prophet, Hosea, named Hosea, we hear this. The Lord will hit you hard, but he will put you right again. The Lord may hurt you, but he will surely heal you. God be praised. And so here at St. Paul's, let us be bold. Let us be bold today to welcome the Lord in popping our safe space bubbles so that we would be ultimately safe in him. Indeed, let us be bold. May the Lord break our little echo chambers into a thousand pieces, all the voices that prop up our old sinful nature. May that be shattered to a thousand pieces so that we may hear his word and his voice and his voice alone. Our sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. May he invade St. Paul's Lutheran Church every single week and drive out everything that is not good and right and salutary amongst you and me so that he may deliver true peace to you and me alone through his precious word and sacrament. Baptized saints, hear this, you are forgiven. Yes, that's the gospel, the goodness of the gospel. You are forgiven. You are safe. You are secure with Christ and his word of eternal truth so that you can hang upon him and him alone, no matter what comes your way. And so there's no need for safe spaces as you have Christ. No need for an echo chamber, as you have Christ. You have Christ, and indeed, you can hang upon him as he has died and bled for you. He is for you. His word is for you as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www 
www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you. I